Remember that one time? Let's talk about it. Period. So bizarre. <laughs> that one time, Haley. I want to talk about that one time that you were in a two and a half year relationship that wasn't actually a relationship because what the hell? Start crying Explain, PTSD. <laughs> Explain it to me. And to this day, you have not actually had a boyfriend, right? <laughs> you, that's not a bad thing. I know that people are going to watch this and be like, what? Because Haley's badass. She's beautiful. She's never been in a relationship besides that one time she was in a freaking two year thing that didn't even have any affection in it i'm gonna throw up (laughs) um i need to know (laughs) why and how and please disclose your age that one time why so we can know like if you know okay she gets a pass because she was young i mean sorry do i not get a pass either (laughs) if you did that now i would be very upset (laughs) obviously if i did that now i'd need a lot of therapy by now um Okay, so in high school, how do I start this off? In high school, my biological dad wasn't the greatest father at all. Um, so I have daddy issues. <laughs> so great. I have daddy issues. Like, are you unwell? <laughs> I I am unwell. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're going there. I am unwell from my daddy issues and I suffer because of them. No, I was... An emotional emotional basket in high school. Like if I could like explain basket. Like emotions in the basket, just like overflowing. Overflowing Mm, all the time. Crying at school every day. That was me. That was me. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes, I was a wreck. (laughs) You need to zoom in on Jamie's face. So sad. It wasn't, it wasn't. Like, you know, people go through shit in life and I had certain cards dealt with mine and they were um, do you want to pull that? Sorry, I, was, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just didn't know how long that was. Okay. Um, and they were just certain cards that were dealt to me. And I obviously like was at a very young age and I was a very much a daddy's girl. Like I loved mm. my dad growing up. I, my dad was like the best person ever. He was fun. He was free. Like he let me do, you know, kind of whatever I want. Like I lived in two separate households growing up. And so my mom was like kind of this with my stepdad was this strict, like you did chores, you, you know, had a curfew, you did this and that and that. It was very square. It was very square. My biological, (laughs) that's all I could, it was structured. There you you go. Square. Structure is good. Yeah. No structure is Mm -hmm. great. But at the time when you're a kid and your parent is like, you can drink in the household and you can go out and like go out with your friends at the street fair or wherever you want. Like I'll give you money for the movies you go by yourself. Like as a kid, you're like, Oh my gosh, that's freedom. Like Mm. so good. Freedom. Freedom. (laughs) And so I was so confused because I had, I was living between these two households of like structure and you had authority and then it was like free (laughs) it was really confusing sounds american (laughs) yes it it was very american (laughs) i mean like obviously like one household was more like had like more traditional like from my grandma was like very you know you have structure and you have authority and like you have this like way of living and i mean no fault to my biological dad but like that's just how he was like his dad was never around either and like Mm -hmm. my grandma from his side um his mom took care of me most of the time like when I was with them and so it was um and again looking back at it like I I 
seldomly went over there but like as a child like my memory is kind of like oh I went over there all the time like now Mm -hmm. talking about it my mom's like no you didn't (laughs) I would never let you do that ever (laughs) um so in high school I started to go over to my dad's house a lot and as a teenager again like you want freedom and you kind of want that like space and openness and in high school I had some things happen where I just realized that my dad wasn't the best person to have around and that's a really hard um sorry to cut you he, off no, 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 that's, no. Really that's like realize. he how do I want to phrase this properly without like I don't want to blame him for anything because I don't think that like he's at fault like I think that people do shitty things and like that is it is what it is but like he just the whole premise around the issue was money money is the root of all evil right <laughs> Mm -hmm. um and my high school costs a certain amount and he had promised that like he would pay for it and when it came time to pay for it he didn't pay for it and so my mom had taken him to court for full custody so that like she could get money for it because that's what he had promised at that time and so it became this custody battle and it brought out the worst in him um Mm -hmm. and at the time he was dating someone that was significantly younger than him closer to my age than his age age now my age now okay sorry no but at the time at the time it was still closer to my age than it was his age yeah (laughs) like how old would you say you were I was 14 like okay I was probably 13 when I met her and we just didn't click like at all I'd clicked with all of his other girlfriends I thought his other girlfriends were great I would have loved to have a stepmom that was like all the other ones for her for some reason did not click with her and she was very loud and she was very um she was very open that she was staying there. And so as a kid being a a daddy's girl, like it was like authority, like was anything that was taking possession over someone that was personal to me was really hard to deal with. And so that came up as a slap. And a lot of the times he took her side over an argument. So we would have these arguments that would progressively build up and it would just be like chaotic. And so I kind of recognized at, in high school that like that wasn't the healthiest thing for me so he had lied about a lot of stuff and I had to take a step back and be like okay like I love this person but um it's just not the healthiest thing and that's really hard as like that's really uh, mature though at that age to even realize that I mean like obviously at the time it was like oh my god like that's why I was crying all the time because I was (laughs) depressed and like I like missed my dad and like that's a really hard thing stop <laughs> cry no but I it love was my dad so I can't even imagine yeah like I love my dad too like and, and so it's like a different relationship with my stepdad like I love him so much like and he adopted me later on so it's like a different process and growing up I grew up with him too so like they were both essentially my dads and um just one had a different like had a different connection with me mm-hmm. and so in high school, I think that transferred over into my relationships with men and like with guys in general. And I think I constantly sought after two types of 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 people. Guys in general, like as a relationship, like in relationships, like personal relationships, I sought after the bad boy types or like the types that were like there but like weren't really like seeking after me emotionally unavailable yes and then I also sought for like um not idolization but like 
like a mentor. Yes. Oh, okay. I saw after like somebody who could teach you things. No. Okay. That's father like that's weird. <laughs> okay. So I saw it after like guys my age that were like kind of emotionally unavailable and bad boy types and an older guy, like older men, like I sought after authority figures that were good for me, like mentorship type. Okay. And so that would replace what you wanted your dad yes. to be. Like I always have looked for, and I think it's like really interesting because I look back now and I, I have like men in my life that are Christ-like figures that are so like different relationships. Like me and my uncle are very close and like, I love my uncle and he's showed me a lot, like just within like my family and I'm just like very close to him and he like really displays a Christ-like figure to me. That's good. Um, But in high school, I would say that my relationships with guys my age wasn't the best. And that was because I was going through a certain point in my life where I just like, instead of emotionally processing, I went out and drank all the time. You're trying to fill that, that like pain and void. Yes. I don't know if my my parents won't listen to this. It's fine. Whatever. I can say whatever. It's okay. We're older now. You're gonna be like, Haley, you're grounded now. <laughs> um, no, but I was the child that like got their phone taken away. I was grounded. I was like, I was the worst possible. Out. Yes. And I never, um, like, I never really processed it in high school because my parents weren't the type to be like, okay, let's sit down and talk about our emotions. My I don't parents, think any, like, no, yeah, there, especially, are, there are some parents there, that are like that. But especially like immigrant yes. parents. No. What's therapy? I mean, yeah, <laughs> like coming from an immigrant background, my parents aren't both immigrants, but like they both have it's that, like ideology that ideology that was passed down. Yeah. Yes. And so it was like my parents, also my parents, like in their work line, they both have seen the worst of the worst. So my do your worst, do? I mean, they're do both. Do we want to talk about that? They're in some type of enforcement. I know. No, they have a th- authority like <laughs> in society. Yes. Authority. <laughs> And so my parents kind of came at it with like, we've seen the worst of the worst and your worst isn't that bad. And it, it wasn't in the sense, like, it's not in the sense that it's like the worst possible thing to happen to someone, but but it it didn't help me emotionally process. And so in high school, I was this person that like went out drinking all the time. I was like pushing my limits. I constantly, you know, just did everything possible to not obviously like kill myself, but like, (laughs) like how bad can I be without really being bad? Pushing yourself to like limits. Yes. Like constantly inching towards the edge. Okay. How much more can I go? Exactly. And so I would say you're still like that in a sense, but not recklessly. No, I don't, I don't (laughs) think that I'm like that extreme is like very, it was extremely dangerous to me. And like, when I look back at it now, like it was, it just seems indicative of what you were going through on the inside. Yes. It was completely like it related so much, but it definitely, there were some like low, low points where I like was just, you know, sitting in an, a room being like, where the heck, like why, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the midst of that, I think I saw after affirmation from guys. Yeah. Like I really totally. saw it to be like, accepted and loved and to feel safe yes and no like I just wanted someone to seek after me and I was such a people pleaser in high school like I really I I wouldn't say that I was quiet but I was more like if you had seen me in high school I would probably say that on the outside it looked like I was really passive like more reserved too 
or um, just like passive in like whatever. I wouldn't say like reserved. I would just say that it was like I feel offended. So I don't were... want to talk about myself anymore. No, I like this. This is therapy. Um, this is therapeutic. I was saying that I seek after affirmation in guys and guys. Yeah. And so, okay. So then let's, let's circle. Gosh, damn. circle back. I don't want to say that word. <laughs> circle um, it. So back. how, how would you say that you seeking after affirmation and for people to seek after you, how would you say that led you to this situation that you found yourself in? Um, <laughs> say that question one more time <laughs> like how did you find yourself wrapped up in this two-year relationship that's not a relationship given what you just told us about how you were dealing with I, these daddy issues I think because I couldn't talk about it at home with anyone and I didn't feel like I could share it in my home I shared it with someone that I like quote-unquote had an emotional connection with and the basis of that relationship was very emotionally driven. Like it, it wasn't anything physical. Like I never sought out physical, like physical affection, physical affection. But like, I was never like that rebellious in the physical sense. It was more that like, I never felt understood in high school and I did play the victim game a lot. And so that brought me to the situation where I was in this predicament with my dad and the one person that I was explaining that to happened to be this guy who I also liked. And so I saw affirmation from him. And when I didn't get it, it was like this like loophole where I would step away and then I would be sucked back in. And like, we talked about this of like, there was never, my school was small. And so there was never a point where I wasn't around him. Like it was you literally like, the like same friend we were just in the same friend group. Like we constantly did stuff outside of high, like outside of school together. And we went on like a mission trip together outside of the country. Like this whole, mm -hmm. like my whole high school was, had some involvement with him. And so it was really hard to not like if I had gotten the chance to just like get away from him and kind of have my own space, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. But and it was the fact that you were physically in proximity so close all the time yes. too. Yeah. And so, I mean, like the physical aspect of it also came from like, I don't think that I was ever ready to, I think just like what I went through physically shut myself down like I literally just like didn't I didn't like people touching me I didn't like being in like close you proximity. still hate being I touched. still hate being touched <laughs> but like I will when I'm ready to give affection like that is like that's mm. something that's like I never did in high school and so those issues and that like tox toxic time I will call it like I wouldn't say that he was toxic. I, I think that he was like a boy in high school that was like, oh, like someone's giving me attention and it was like a different way of attention. And so it was just this like constant, like I think that led me to being this person that like in high school, I knew that I didn't want to be tied down to someone because it wasn't going to be like, there's no longevity in it. Yeah. Like you knew. I was it, extremely it practical. Yeah, like extremely. You still are a very realistic person. Yes. And I think I was... I think I was even more realistic of like, this isn't going to end well at all after the four years. I think I'd already seen that from like other people, like friends relationships. So I was like, 
why would I do that to myself when I already know that I have daddy issues and <laughs> I am like emotionally a basket case? Like there were so many things that I needed to work on internally. And I did that in college. Like I did a lot of that. Like I became the opposite of what I was in high school. And I was talking to actually my friend David about it. Cause I was like, is this just my perception of it? You know, like we all have perceptions of how we were and like how we are now And we were talking about it because I think that it really solidifies the way that I am and like the reason why it's not that I don't date. It's just that no one has ever caught up to my speed. Yeah. You haven't found somebody worth dating yet. Yes. And like, and do you think, okay, I have a question now. Do you think that I'm not insinuating anything? I just want to ask this. Do you think that you might have some unrealistic expectations? Like, do you think your expectations are too high and that's why you haven't um, found anybody worth, like, going on a date with? Or is it something else where you just, like, you'll know when there's a connection? And, like, are you even seeking that out right now? Is Because, I mean, we're both busy, so... <laughs> Like, do you time, even have time, time for that? Of- I know we, we joke about this. We say like, like you always say like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you if you pay me $500. Cause it's my fucking time. Like <laughs> can't get that bag. It's valuable. Oh gosh, if you would like to pay me $500 for an hour, like sure, I'll go out with you. Like, but like, do you, yeah. Do you think because you haven't had any real like, um, experiences aside from that two year long crazy thing <laughs> that like your expectations are too high? Yes. And no. There's a twofold in that. Um, I think that as women, as we get older, there's this notion that like, oh shoot, time's running out. You better find someone. Like, when are you going to get married? You know, like you're not going to have kids later on. Like you can't, who knows what's wrong with you. (laughs) And so there's this notion that like you are on a time limit and that affects your standards. We all have standards at the beginning. I would hope so. I mean, a lot of people don't. I mean, Okay, I know so we do. I'll speak for myself. You have standards, I have standards, I standards. from the beginning. <laughs> and just because I'm getting older doesn't mean that those standards necessarily go down. And I don't think that they're unrealistic. I think that they've changed over time. And I think as I've matured, they've become different in a sense. But like, I don't think because I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm getting older and like, you know, yeah. time's ticking. Like, I don't think that means that I need to like knock standards off. You're content with being where you're at right now. Yes. And and I think that like, I obviously like didn't seek out being like, oh no, I don't want to date anyone. Again, it's like, I have Sanders set and I'm not going to lower them because I am infatuated with you. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't date someone for, I'm just going to date you for a period. My time, okay. My time is very, it's valuable. It is. And I've learned that at a young age that like, my time is valuable. Therefore, I don't want to waste my time on people that I know within the first five minutes that I'm not necessarily going to get along with you. Mm-hmm. And I can, I think I can tell, like, I think I'm a good judge by now of like who I like and like who I like to be around. This is a good segue into the next point that I want to make, because like you're saying, you're content, you're happy, you're independent, you have your life and everything. Are you necessarily putting yourself in situations that would allow you to meet new people. So for example, I know you aren't, but can you explain why you don't get on dating apps? <laughs> I know you're gonna ask that. Um, yeah, I mean I I mean I come from a fairly religious background. I mean I think that like 
I wasn't super religious like growing up but in high school I think God had like a very clear plan for me and like high school to me my high school in my sense like God had placed me at my high school for a very specific reason and I'm very grateful for the people that I've met there because they've absolutely changed my life the college that I went to was absolutely God sent because like I there's just I literally in high school I was like I'm never going to that college ever and I literally ended up graduating from there so it's like I, I said the same thing. <laughs> that crazy. college was my last choice. It's I did not want to cr- go there. I literally said I would never apply I there. I thought it was so ugly. It was awful. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. But so funny. I works. come from this idea that like when I am ready for certain things, it is on God's timing. And like there's no, I learned this in college that like my timing is very rushed in comparison to like I want everything now I want to do this and I want to do that and I want like this and I want it all now because like I'm young and so I think that like I will know when it when it comes like I don't and that's why you're not shutting it down you're just saying like if it I mean I think that apps are great like I think it works for certain people I just don't like the idea of me like um what's the word synthetically choosing someone Mm. to me that's Mm -hmm. that means that I made the choice of like who I want and maybe who I want and who I envision isn't the right person for me oh I love that like that could be completely wrong (laughs) if I wanted someone that was like you know super outgoing and like very like energetic high person like uh, like the life of the party maybe that's toxic for me and like maybe that wasn't like God's plan for me, but I sought that out and I like waste my time with that person. And so it's Are like you talking about the person that you ended up with no. for like two years. No, that no, no, no. Cause that wasn't, that wasn't, his, oh, okay. that wasn't his personality, <laughs> but like it is like this synthetic way of picking, but I think it works for some people. Right. I think that people that date, like that love to date should absolutely go and date. I just don't think that it was for me. Okay, so I want to go into now a little bit more about online dating. Now that you've said it feels like you're synthetically choosing somebody. I found this really interesting article on psychology today because I love psychology. And um, obviously like Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, these new wave online dating apps aren't a new concept. Like Match.com and eHarmony were kind of like, ones. they're like the fathers of online dating. <laughs> and so I found this article in Psychology Today. It's called The Psychology of Modern Dating. Really unique title. Um, And one of the founding team members of Match.com, Trish McDermott, she had a really interesting quote, and I want to read it. So she said, sometimes I feel like I broke dating. Our goals were lofty building Match and the online dating industry back in 1995. We were going to bring more love to the planet. But even from the early days, I cautioned singles not to hide not to hide behind the tech we were introducing to behave in ways they would not behave in the real world. And I worry that so much romantic opportunity would require some maturity for singles to manage respectfully. Sometimes it's tough to realize that we really did change the way the world found love, but the new path may not be a better one for many. What we see now is a new language to describe behaviors that abundant romantic opportunity has created. So in this new dating language, um, 
the article goes into some of the toxic dating behaviors that have emerged from modern dating. So for one, we have ghosting. We know what that is. And you just, you have the ability now, if you meet somebody in line where you can just like, okay, I'm going to block you now. I'm like, I'm done with this. This is bye. like, you're not for me. You don't even have to give an explanation now. And that's obviously very hurtful for some people. Swiping left. So dismissing someone as a romantic opportunity in less than the time it takes to sneeze. Like, that's kind of crazy. And you're doing it all based on looks, which, like you said, is very synthetic. That's hard. You could be swiping left on somebody that might have been the love of your life. Um, I don't like this term because I think it's stupid. Um, (laughs) They said cookie jarring, which is basically benching, like having a roster and just like benching Mm -hmm. that person. Um, I use that term a lot. Um, Breadcrumbing, sending sporadic but non-committal messages as a way of keeping a dating prospect on hold. Just when you're ready to leave, they throw you another one. These offenders prey on your hope. And then, um, yeah. Just kidding. Women do it too. Yeah, for sure. So these are really um, interesting terms that we have just started using in our everyday life like ghosting and like, oh yeah, they're on the roster, but yeah, you know, I think they're on the bench, media, they're I not mean, on the court. <laughs> I mean, going back to like my high school experience of like, it didn't even start like with a one-on-one conversation. It was through text. Mm. It's behind a screen. Yes. And so from that, I learned like, I'm never going to text someone like that. Like, if you're going to talk to me, then you can call me or like, you know, like I don't like texting people like that because it's just like very. It doesn't even give you any human emotion. You don't no. know what the other person's feeling or looking like. And that's it just definitely is a step away from authentic human connection. Um, but yeah, so then the article goes into the paradox of choice. So it's. This part's basically saying like having too many available options can be detrimental. Um, and Nick's nodding um, his head over there. Yeah, Why we'll Nick? get to you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> but the thing is, for example, and also there's a Pew Research study that I had up that found that three in ten you I'm gonna skip away from that article. I'm jumping right right now. ADD. Okay. So three in ten US adults say they have They have used a dating site or app, but this varies significantly by age and sexual orientation. So 48% of 18 to 29-year-olds say they've used a dating app. um, And then it's higher among the LGBTQ community. And for that, I can actually understand more because I'm sure it's harder for them to meet people like that share their same sexual orientation. Not that it's not mainstream, but it's just like, I feel like because heterosexuality is still like the norm, you know, yeah. it's really easy to pick up when somebody's flirting with you. Like, yeah. how do you do that when you're, you know, you're attracted to the same sex? It's like, are you guys like yeah. constantly you, like winking? Yeah. Like, give me a triple wink. You don't <laughs> like, know. Yeah. You, so, yeah. Sense. So it's higher among them. Um, but so roughly six in 10 say they've had an overall experience. But then. Uh, let me scroll down here. Where is it? Oh, it actually says that younger women have more problems with online dating apps. So because we have specific categories, like we filter the men on there more. That's what they're saying. Yeah. See, like I would completely do that. Like I'd filter (laughs) someone to be like, no, like it's crazy. Like I used to be like, I would be as specific. Like are there people with British accents? Because I love a British accent. Like do you? (laughs) (laughs) They're all filtering out. Like where are the Brits? Yeah. Where are the Brits? Like. 
give me a good Brit or an Irish person. Like I'm down for it. But oh, that's so funny. It's just like that. And then there's also, okay, this has been an issue even before these modern dating apps, but catfishing. There's a whole show about it, obviously. Oh, I love catfish. Like, and this goes into just even deeper psychology because people with lower self-esteem, people who don't like who they are, are more likely to catfish somebody because they can throw out all their insecurities and be somebody else online and then make a connection with somebody without actually having to acknowledge the issues that they have. So then it's like you're getting all the re- the affirmation and you're getting all the attention from this person that you're talking to, but they're, they don't even know the real you. You're just starving for the attention. Yeah. You know? Um, How did you and... Mr. <laughs> Give me what? a good name. No. <laughs> so, no. Um, I mean, I know. I'm I'm letting her pick the name. I don't know. Mr. What? Mr. Does he live in Idaho? No, Virginia? South Virginia? South Carolina. South Carolina. How did you and Mr. South Carolina meet? There you go. <laughs> Ooh, okay. We met it's in about high to be school. a long one. <laughs> This is a saga, never-ending. I actually think we should call him Snap Snapchat or something, Mr. Snapchat. Okay, how did you and Mr. Snapchat meet? Okay, we met in high school in in this math class. It was a math class for stupid people. I mean, not like stupid people, but it was called Modern Math. Someone from her math class. They probably will. It was called Modern Math. And it was the math that you took if you weren't smart enough to take like calculus. Oh, yeah. Nick was in that and that class oh, wow. was still hard as shit. Like it was so hard. <laughs> like that class was hard. So I took pre-calc. Like is that pre-calc? Finite math. <laughs> what the heck are these weird names for math? Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, what is modern, modern math? It's like, math that is modern. So they tried to make it practical. Like we learned a little bit about taxes and like more real world that's stuff. Nice. Yeah. Why isn't that like a regular class? I don't know. So modern math, love it. It's it's still on. We were classmates, and. <laughs> sorry we were classmates we were literally just classmates we weren't friends we were both seniors at the time um yeah that's the only class we had together and it was after lunch and um it's kind of funny because I didn't realize there was apparently there was like this I realized this later when he told me but apparently there was like this running inside joke because every day coming to math class I would probably get there a little bit earlier than other people and every day he would come in with this other guy that wasn't in our class. Okay, this other guy would always come into our class just to see me, like just to look at me and like talk to me and flirt with me. And um, Mr. Snapchat would come in. (laughs) He would come in with him and they'd be like fighting at the door. Like Mr. Snapchat would be like, no, you're not coming in today. Like she's mine. Like you. And I didn't realize all this was happening. I just thought that the other guy was like always coming in just to see me. But I didn't realize there was another element of Mr. Snapchat being like, no, she's mine type of thing. Because he never like flirted with me. You kind of just like look at me and like I would ask him for homework answers. I'd ask him for like help. We were partners like one time for an assignment. I thought it was really funny. Like he was like a class clown type. Did very, you like very him though? Outgoing. I was dating somebody at the time. So 
Um, I thought he was really cute though. I thought when he, okay, I will never forget the first day he walked into math class. I was like, oh my gosh, because he's wearing this really, he was wearing this blue tank and his arms were out and you know, like you're in high school and like, I was like, oh my gosh, he's like really muscular for high school. And he had like these tattoos on his arms, which is crazy to me. Cause, um, I don't know, like I, not a lot of people in, in my high school had tattoos. So he had like this half sleeve and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. But I had, a, I had, I was dating somebody. Um, Anyways, go to college, and he moves to Georgia. And I was still dating this high school sweetheart of mine who I went to senior prom with and everything. And we actually broke up my freshman year, like, not too long after we got into college. It just was like, okay, we're going separate directions. He Okay, this guy, I don't even know what to call him. He literally broke up with me because he was like, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm scared I'm going to cheat on you now that I'm in a frat. Mr. High School Sweetheart. Mr. High School Sweetheart said that to me. Um, that really hurt me and whatever. Um, so then I'm like, okay, I'm single, da, 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 working for the school newspaper, doing my little journalism thing, focusing, um, meeting new people, hanging out, all that good stuff. Okay. Sophomore year rolls around, sophomore year rolls around and Mr. Snapchat moved to Georgia and I was like, oh my gosh. And I would watch his snap stories. This is still when I use Snapchat and I would watch his stories all the time. And he was just so funny. Like, he was just so funny to me. He always had these funny snaps. And I sent him a message one day, being very ballsy that I am. And I snapped him a response to one of his stories. And I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're so funny. I swear you're my future husband. <laughs> I Come on strong. Okay? I knew what I wanted. <laughs> and he responded. And he was like, oh, my gosh. Don't even play with me. Like, I've been crazy about you since high school. And I was like, What? No, you're not. <laughs> it's my little cute thing. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Stop. <laughs> you're such a liar. <laughs> and then, and he was like, yeah, I still remember the first day I saw you at school. And I was telling all my friends, like, oh, my gosh, who is that? And they were like, no, 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 you can't have her because she's dating so-and-so. And then he was like, whatever, like, you're still pretty. Da, da, da. So then from there, we began talking. But we were long distance at this point because he moved to Georgia. Um, so yeah, that's how we met. That's kind of like the long story short ish of how we got together. We, um, and then he came out to visit, he came out to visit for two weeks, but he came out on a one way, which I thought was kind of weird. He came out here. He was like, oh yeah, I'm going to come visit. I need to see like my siblings because like his stepmom, um, and dad still lived in California at the time. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to come visit for two weeks. And, um, that two weeks went really well and we fell in love and he never went back. He literally like stayed in California. That's crazy. And went to college across the street from where we went to college. Cause there's, you know how there's oh, two yeah. colleges. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to the other college. So we spent our good college years together and yeah. And then, <laughs> and then this relationship, I, um, <laughs> this relationship really, um sound effect like i don't know how to explain it <laughs> like when you're with some like we were together since i was like 20 like since i was like 20 to 23 19 turning 20 to 23 Nick, like I do. <laughs> we'll put the explosion thing in there if you want in the silence <laughs> yeah so i was 19 turning 20 when we started dating and then we broke up when i was like almost 24 so this is a long time it was a long time, and we spent a lot of time together, a lot of developing years, I would say, when you're in your early 20s. And so we really tested each other. And when you're with somebody for that long, you start to become a mirror of them. 
So we started like picking up each other's kind of toxicities, like things like bad behavior. I don't know how to describe it, but back then I didn't realize that it was toxic. I was just like not self-aware yet. So Mm -hmm. for example, he would point out things that I would do and I didn't really think it was a problem, but I always thought that things that he did were a problem. So I had like this victimization mindset and never- There's no self-reflection. Yeah. I never wanted to admit that I was wrong, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And so that really- um contributed to the downfall of that relationship and he was like very patient with me through a lot too like yeah he was he was by my side through a lot of stuff and so Um, after that ended did you use online dating apps um it's a good question don't lie because i I won't (laughs) lie i'm not gonna lie i went on one yes i went on one because i'm not gonna go on tinder can we fact check her on that no, I literally went on one and kind of like you said, it was just kind of weird. And I found myself like being overwhelmed by the choices and I still wasn't over him. And so I felt like oh, maybe I like I shouldn't. Maybe I should definitely like take time on myself. So eventually like, you know, I I stopped swiping because I was just like, okay, let me focus on me and my career. I have a whole startup business I need to be working on. I cannot be sitting here swiping, you know, and I still knew that I loved him and I had hope that it would work out still. So um, this began the process of me finding myself because in high school and like past things, I would always just move to the next thing because I love love. I'm hopeless romantic, but something to note in that long like four and a half year relationship was that we spent so much time together that I didn't really know who I was I just knew who I was when I was with him Mm. and it was just very comfortable it was very fun to it's so much fun when you're with somebody who you genuinely like being around um and you support each other and you do all this stuff but I I didn't have any alone time and you know how I am now like I love my alone time love your alone I love my alone time and I think you know, part of the reason why is because I spent so much time consumed by other people because I love love so much that I lose myself when I'm in love. And so now through that breakup, I learned to not lose myself, to actually love myself more and bring to the table the love for myself so much that it overflows into love for the other person. Not like needing to be so wrapped up in somebody else to feel full. Like I feel full being single. I feel full I mean, now that is obviously. Um, And so I I think I just really found myself through that breakup process. And then me and Mr. Snapchat tried again. We didn't even get to that part. We tried again for like two months. And are you going to say what happened after that too? And it just didn't work because it was long distance. Are you going to say what happened after that too? And then, (laughs) (laughs) but I knew that I was like, I was, this is how I was feeling. I was feeling like, I'm ready to like kind of get back out there. Like I've been waiting for this person. We've been trying to make it work. It's not working because he's far away now. He moved after we broke up because he was so heartbroken. He literally moved out of state to get away from me. Wow. He has <laughs> <laughs> a lot of space. Yeah, a lot of space. Uh, tons of space. And that was for the better. I was mad because I was like, how could you just let me like break up with you like that and you not like chase me type of thing. And he tried to make it work too. Like after I was like, no, we're done. Um, but I was just like, no. So anyways, 
Um, you gonna say what happened after that? Yeah, so I'm gonna say what happened after that. So then I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready to get back out there. You know, like maybe this, maybe I should let this go because he clearly is more at peace without me wreaking havoc on his life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But also I was a monster. <laughs> there was just things where like I felt like part of it too was that he needed to become a man. He needed to get things in order for himself because part of the reason we didn't work too was because um, he didn't know who he was. He felt like he couldn't provide for me. He felt like he just wasn't the masculine that he could be. That's a very interesting topic of like men not feeling adequate adequate in a relationship and how that affects it. Um, They're wired that way. They're literally wired to You're going to get attacked for that. (laughs) No, men are wired that way. I really believe I'm not are. sure if like all men are, but I do think that there is this like when you get in a rhythm of a relationship that there is this like I protect you kind of nature and like I not authority, but like I want to provide for you. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Nick, would you say that's true? Come in here, Nick. Yes. Why is that? It's. We live in a genderless society, so it's not appropriate to say men want to provide for the women, but yes, we do. <laughs> I know, but why is that? Like, I'm, like, you just had to be controversial for no reason. <laughs> there is no gender and, you know, woke people are stupid. <laughs> oh my God. Because it's part of our DNA where if we don't feel like we're providing for somebody else, then I don't know. It's hard to describe. Men have to have a mission in their life yes. to feel full, yes. first of all, before they can have a woman. Like if you, and then men who get in relationships, um, who don't have that, who don't, who don't feel like they're a man yet, but they get in a relationship, they're it's not going to work because they're just going to find themselves latching onto that woman and falling into like the woman caretaker role type of thing and that's what happened with me too like I helped Mr. Snapchat with a lot like he came from a really really rough background and I helped him with so much because I loved him um but at the end of the day it actually turned out to harm the situation more because it prevented him from doing it himself some things um so I think that like goes that's like another kind of toxic dynamic yeah that I see a lot in people's relationships um but yeah okay so after after that ended and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm loving myself. I'm spending loads of time alone. I'm kind of lonely. Like maybe I should, (laughs) maybe I should, you know, date or, and so I had this conversation with my dad. I asked my dad, what kind of man do you see me ending up with? Okay. I, I had had it with like getting my heart broken. Okay. We need to talk about like my first heartbreak in a different episode when I was 15. Okay. But anyway, that scarred me. That's a whole episode. That scarred me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I asked my dad, I was like, what kind of guy like do you want me to end up with? Like, I just, I need to find something that works. I need to find something healthy. Like I'm a business owner. I'm, I love my career. I'm a reporter. I need to find somebody on my speed. Like somebody who's, I don't want to say like has it all together, but somebody who can like walk alongside me, not like go all these different directions and like circle back. Like I don't want to do that. Um, so my dad actually sent me an email. Should I pull it up? <laughs> my dad sent me an email of the type of man that I should be with. We're going to have to pause. I have a confession to make. <laughs> My gosh. She's been swiping this whole time. I've been this entire time. Listen, I downloaded Bumble, but like guys, recently? I'm using the networking part of it. 
you know they have a networking part of it and you bff like mode friend? yeah and bff mode i've been making tons of girlfriends lately because I, I no, 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 I'm like making friends. Like I realized when I was making a list for who I'm going to invite to my, <laughs> my birthday party next week. She's like, I was fuck like, guys, I want to invite all these no, bumble girls. No, I'm She's not like, going to invite them, but. There's no one on the list. <laughs> no, but I like have a lot of guy friends. Is that what all those I have random a lot of guy numbers friends. are on the text thread? No, yeah, they're guys. all guys. They're all I have a lot all of guy friends. Guys. And <laughs> there, she's actually going to do speed dating now. No, guys, I don't and get we're there along to watch with women. <laughs> I have a hard time getting along with women. That's why like when I make girlfriends, I latch on. Like Kaylee knows I'm, I'm latchy. Yeah, she is very clingy. <laughs> because I don't know what it is. I think it's because I grew up with a family of men. I'm the only girl child. Your cousins and the, that too. Like yeah. I just, I don't know. Pisces, bring it in. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I found this email. Three. She cries over it. Okay, back oh, to the gosh, email, guys. The time. Back to the email. I found the email. <laughs> so, okay, back to the story. So, I asked my dad. Cry. I asked my dad in November last year, um, what should I look for in a man? And he sent me this email. And backstory, my dad and my mom have been married for like 35 years. So, <clears throat> this is gold information. If you guys are watching, this is really good information from a successful marriage. Or okay. listening. Because listening to. Yes. <laughs> okay, so he said... All I can do is use proof of mom and I and our how our marriage is truly a result of what we believed most and foremost. Here is a list of things I knew before I got married. A, I wanted peace. Yes, you will have disagreements, but I wanted to know that once we're home and once you and hubby come walking through your door at home, that it should be a very peaceful atmosphere since we have to deal with enough crap outside of home. If you don't have peace at home, you will always be miserable. B, that means you truly have to find someone who is reasonable, extremely objective, does not keep score, less emotionally driven, even-headed, can be cool, very cool, even under pressure, because that's the test of who you really are when you're under pressure. It's very hard to take back bad things you say to someone after it's been said, even with an apology. And every time something bad is said, it adds up over time. So the way you avoid it is not to have disagreements happen at all. Impossible. Some will tell you that. But when you say it's possible to live in peace, that means it's a goal you are always striving towards. Okay, so D. <laughs> and you will, he said, and you really need a friend. Some people say marriage is hard work, but that's BS. When you find a friend, it should be easy and natural. If you have to try so hard, then something is wrong. Hence why most marriages close to 50% end up in divorce. E, remember the dating period is always nice and beautiful. And I was very clear in my mind that the day I lost that kind of excitement being around mom was the day it was over. So I never forgot what it was like being a friend to her, <clears throat> having fun, laughing, holding hands, going on dates, etc. F, and don't look at how your potential guy treats you initially. Try to see how to talk to others. Try to see how he talks to others and how they handle talking to others on the phone or in a restaurant, etc. Because if they are mean one day, that's going to be you. Or if they snap at others, but say they would never do that to you, that's all BS. And lastly, G, also, you want a man, not a wimp. You want to be a woman, not a man. And yeah. So yeah, that last part might trigger some people, but come on guys. He's an immigrant. He's old school. Trigger warning sign on that. Um, but okay. So the part where he said, you really need a friend. This was my okay go to try out something with a friend. This is where you cue the dun, dun, dun. And a friend that I really valued and a friend that, um, Mr. Helmet, Mr. Helmet, like we had, (laughs) (laughs) everybody knows, everybody's going to know who it is. Everyone knows in here, but no one knows out there. (laughs) No. Okay. His face will be right next to hers. 
Yeah. So I tried things with Mr. Helmet. What did that teach you? Uh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. Um, I don't want to obviously bash him because I think he's a great person. But we were just not compatible. And it made me realize that um, you really need to take it slow during the dating phase. And I think that he was on another page because he had liked me for so long. So to him, the feelings were already sped up. And for me, I was like, well, I know we've always kind of had like chemistry, but it's different. Like, it's, yeah, it's like when you we can't, were always friends, though. When you, you know? can't, when you have like an infatuation, like not an infatuation, but when you have growing chemistry and then something finally happens and then you're like, oh, hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if the chemistry was me. better. Yeah, than- I don't know. Like sometimes, like you were telling me, which I totally agree with, is just because you like somebody and you're infatuated doesn't mean that you should always be with them. Like, you don't have to date every single person that you might have a crush on. That what would a be concept. horrid. <laughs> Absolutely horrid. Can yeah. you imagine all of the, like, I like so many different types of people that it's like, wow. Yeah, like, you <laughs> might like certain aspects of a person, but you have to look at them as a whole. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. <laughs> I was looking at this person as, oh, my God, they're in the same field as me. They get it. Da, 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 da. And then I just realized really early on we weren't emotionally compatible. I was in a very different place emotionally. I had just gone through a year of therapy. So you could imagine the growth that I had. And none. now, now <laughs> none at all. <laughs> and now I just realized how important it is to um, be with somebody who is self-aware and committed to growing and committed to self-reflecting. If there's no self-reflecting on like, – like if your partner is not self-reflecting and you're self-reflecting – it's just not going to work because then you're going to point out things. And if they don't want to self-reflect, it's just going to be like, okay, I'm going to shut down now. Yeah. And I'm going to like go into my little safe bubble and not, and I don't want to engage in this conversation. And so it was a lot of that. Also like a lot of insecurity, jealousy. You already know what happened. Yeah. It brought out a lot of different sides of you that I didn't know. that existed. Dude, you saw how mad I was when we went to that event. That was... (laughs) That was another side. Like, I don't think that, I mean, just because it's like, it's not like, I'm not that person to be like outwardly jealous. I'd probably like more inwardly, like internalize yeah. it and kind of be like, oh, okay. Like whatever. Inward, inward burn. Yeah. And then tell your friends. N- um, I think I'm more passive with it. Mm. I think, it, I think I'm very passive with like, if you snub me, I can snub you right back. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like we, if you want to play a game, like we can play a game. I really don't like to play that. games. I, I can't do the games. No, I don't like to. But if you're going to do it to me, but you will play it harder. Yeah, that's your personality. <laughs> me, I'm just like, bro. Like, can I quit? I like, will time one, out. I will one up you. <laughs> no, I'm just like time out, bro. Like I can't. Like time out. <laughs> no, but that's the immature side. So whenever I see the game being played, I'm like, out. I don't like it. It's done. Yeah, and I just that part of. I don't know. Like you told me too. You were like, were you really surprised though that like he wasn't emotionally mature? And genuinely I was a little bit because we both had done so much growing in our careers that I had seen. But obviously I was watching that from afar. Yeah. But I, but even him explaining to me like how much he'd learned, like how ambitious he was. Like I loved that because that was a a reflection of me of like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm ambitious too. We want the same thing. Let's go. Let's freaking do this. Power couple. I think it's interesting yeah. what people can see on the outside of like perspective because I saw that immediately that he wasn't yeah. emotionally. And I, I told you this like from the beginning that if you were going to pursue this, it would be work. 
Like it would be work yeah. and you would need to stick with it in order to get the results that you Bruh, want. And I went through five years of work. <laughs> Sorry, I slammed the table. Nick told me not to slam the table. Um, <laughs> I went through four and a half years of work with somebody. and I know how hard that is. And I was just like, bro, like, I don't even think I don't have the time. Like you were saying, time is so valuable. And I just found that like, I, I was preferring to work than like hang out. And I was preferring to have me time instead of time with him because at a certain point I just felt like we're not really on the same page it's different when you're independent for a while and you kind of like have this pace of doing your own thing and that's why I say like Mm -hmm. I need someone to catch up to my speed or have the same speed as me versus me having to take a step back and be like okay like I can wait for you exactly and so it's like I'm not at that pace anymore if you aren't going to catch up or if you're not on the same like lane next to me then there's no point in we me waiting like there's no point in me like working because to me it's just not unless I like really think that it's worth it in the long run it's just it's time like it's it's literal time and like I have five million things to do and I've always been like that I've always been that person that's like okay like that's fine like I just don't have time for that Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true. You make time for the things that you want to make time for. And I found myself like, I need to prioritize me time because I'm so busy. If I don't get some time to myself, I'm going to go insane. Like, I need to recharge. I need to sleep. I need to read. I need to reflect. I need to pray. I need to do all this stuff. Like, I have a me routine that I need to follow or I'm going to be an anxious wreck. And, like, that's part of the reason why I went into therapy for a year because I was so anxious. And I, you know, the pandemic really triggered a lot for me. Um, but yeah, um, that was, that was an interesting experience. So I, I cut it off obviously after like a month because I realized, Oh, it was only a month. It was a month. That felt like five months packed into one. No, <laughs> didn't it really? Because it felt so like much such drama. a time. There was literally so much drama. That felt like so long. Drama, not because he's a bad person. Drama because we just didn't click. We weren't on yeah. the same. No, I think that sense. he thinks that we click. I, but I knew that like, <laughs> I've already given up like having this expectation that we're going to go back to being friends the way we were because I know I really hurt and hurt him and I can't control the outcome like I obviously had a doing yeah in in being the one to be like yeah let's like try this out like a little cute hair flip again like (laughs) (laughs) yeah see that's time for me Um, (laughs) that's too much from a male's perspective though you also had a long relationship yes how long was it four years that's a long time but I had multiple so I had four and, and you a lived three. together. And we lived together, yes. That's a whole other dynamic. After that, mm-hmm. do you feel like you worked on yourself? Because I feel like for women, like we are constantly, I mean, at least for me, like I'm constantly like, okay, in my this life stage of like where I'm at, I'm always like, what can I do to, it, it, it is kind of about me. So like I work on myself and like that is like the focus, especially after like, I get into situations where I'm like, this guy was like too, like, it's too much. Like, I can't do that. (laughs) There's so many stories that are like, it's cringy. So it's like, do you feel like you work? Did you work on yourself afterwards? I mean, I was like, I felt a little bit dependent on the relationship too. Mm. So when I had to move out, then I had to be self-sufficient. So it was figuring out where I was going to live, what I was going to eat, all that stuff. Because a lot of the times I would air to her. Whatever mm. she wanted to do. Do you, do you know how to boil water? Yeah. It's a it thing out. with guys that like they don't know how to boil. Some <laughs> Like some guys don't know how to boil water. Yeah, I figured it out. Stop. No, I've known. <laughs> I've known for a very long time how to boil water. We but, need to put a meme in there. The bruh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, it, I was forced to do it. And so I learned how to just figure it out. And so, yeah, a lot of working on yourself. 
Especially during the holidays, because that's a lot of self-reflection. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God. Sad meme. The holidays? Sad times. Uh, COVID changed a lot of things and a lot of people. How did it change yeah. for you? Wow. Oh, yeah. This is another right. episode. We need to do a part two dating, modern dating. <laughs> I think that the pandemic really changed the way a lot of people operated, obviously. But it really did things to the brain when you isolate people. And it's different for couples who are living together, I'm sure, when you're isolated together and you're stuck together. Sounds like a awful. lot of a lot of people, a lot of these psychologists predicted that we were gonna have a COVID baby boom, but they're figuring out that's it's likely more gonna be a divorce boom. Really? Yeah. Because people were stuck inside with each other. <laughs> And they realize that they don't actually like that person. Big shocker. Which is crazy. (laughs) So a lot of relationships, I would say, ended more than pregnancies happened. I feel like I know a lot of people that got pregnant. I do too. But I know a lot of people also who broke up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We do know people. A bunch of people. Yeah. So um, that's really interesting. And I think that we should talk about um, that at some point in the next episode. In the next episode. Yeah. So. So. (laughs) this has been that one time Haley had daddy issues i went to therapy (laughs) and we dropped the knowledge on (laughs) y'all from what we learned that was said so softly (laughs) without confidence (laughs) it's fine go ahead thank you again for watching and listening if you liked this episode please like share it and subscribe to Scriber TV and leave a comment for what you want us to talk about in the future. Okay, bitches, I gotta go get my wawa. Yeah, we gotta go eat. Okay, peace.